think my advice is there's never going to be a time where you're going to feel perfectly ready. And if, and if you are one of those people and that happened, amazing. Tell me the secret. I think it's always going to feel out of your comfort zone, but just jumping in and figure it out and just do it as you go would be my overall advice rather than thinking you have to have it all planned out perfectly and in sequential order. Cause I don't think you're ever going to feel perfectly ready. Welcome to the wealthy and well woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Megan Whalen, who is a family leader and leadership coach and staunch advocate for the wellness of families inside and out. She has spent the past 16 years counseling students and their families in schools, as well as coaching high achieving women in transition for the last four years. She is passionate about helping individuals reduce hardship, stress, and conflict in their lives and homes and providing tools to take action and the next stage of their life. Megan, I'm so, so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here as well. So I know, of course, from our time working together that you have such an extensive background in coaching and leadership, of course, your history in counseling and all of that. Can you catch us up to how you got to where you are? What was this journey and this process like for you? Yeah, no problem. I spent most of my 20s in San Francisco. I We were really attracted to a big city and how diverse it was. And I really enjoyed jumping in and working with high schoolers. I did a lot of work around crisis and suicide prevention, stress management, and just tools around anxiety and day-to-day life living. And then when we moved to Charlotte, I really thought it would be great to work with younger students to get just more proactive tools to younger ages to help kids grow up with those life skills. And then I became a director of wellness and culture, which was great. So I could still do counseling, but I also had leadership opportunities to mentor counselors, mentor people in wellness, and also work with our board at a local school. And I think um, it was wonderful and super rewarding, but I really wanted to kind of come in with clients at a more empowering point. So I did an executive coaching program two and a half years ago, and that really has helped me just change my focus, change the way I work with clients and really change just the partnerships that I want to create moving forward. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And you have, is it five children yourself? I have four. Four. Okay. (laughs) So four children building your business, building your empire. You have recently gone full-time in your business as well, right? How is that like as a balancing act and really doing it all? Yeah, I would say I get asked that all the time. I don't know how you do anything. And I I always make some form of sarcastic joke of, I don't know how well I'm doing it, but I think That has made me realize that I think mothers are so hard on themselves. I think it's a really, really hard job to feel 
if you're working, if you're not working, you know, whatever you're doing, it's almost kind of like one, you know, cup isn't full. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself when my kids were really, really little. And I think right now I'm trying to really take action and model that I'm doing something I'm passionate about. And I want my kids to see the work I'm doing. It's making me a better person. I'm feeling like I'm attached to my purpose and creating a change. And I think looking at it differently has helped me be kinder to myself as a mom and also helped me really just manage my expectations of what kind of mom I want to be. What does that look like? It doesn't need to be 24 hours a day. It really needs to be quality over quantity. And I help think that's helped me just be more intentional about how I spend my time, whether it is with my family, my friends, or my career. Yes, absolutely. And do you have any advice for the women that are maybe early on in building their business? Because I know you've been coaching for years now, you're full-time in your business, of course. And I know that's been a transition that I would love to chat about as well, because um, we all have ideas of what that looks like. Uh, But first, do you have any just advice for a mom that maybe wants to follow her passion, start her own business, and is kind of struggling with that balance of being a mom and also starting her business and taking a risk in that way. Yeah. I mean, I could go on forever, but I'll try to make this concise. I think when you transition to having children, no matter if you are a multitasker, no matter if you're incredibly organized or efficient, I think it's still overwhelming. It's a huge transition. You are looking at life differently. Your time's different. Your focus is different. And I think that's a hard balancing act for a lot of women. And even if you're just starting your business, the thought of just beginning something completely new, I think can create a lot of overwhelm. And I think it can create a lot of just, I'm going to use the word trigger, which is more therapeutic, but triggers of just inadequacy and fear, right? Like, what if I do this and then I fail? Or what if I do this and then it's not great? Or what if I do this and I don't have enough money to sustain it in the beginning? And I think we get attached to the what ifs. And I think the what ifs really create more overwhelm that is needed. And I guess I would say going back, I wish someone just said, just start, you'll figure it out. And I think I waited a long time with once my child's four, I can do this. Or once we have this much money and I can take a, take a stop and I can pause. And I think I prolonged it a lot longer than I should have. I think my advice is there's never going to be a time where you're going to feel perfectly ready. And if, and if you are one of those people and that happened, amazing. Tell me the secret. I think it's always going to feel out of your comfort zone, but just jumping in and figure it out and just do it as you go would be my overall advice rather than thinking you have to have it all planned out perfectly and in sequential order. Cause I don't think you're ever going to feel perfectly ready. I could not agree more. And whether you're a mom, I love that that was the advice for moms because it is the exact same for any woman in business, any woman really, or any person really making a big, bold move, there's never going to be that perfect time that everything, the stars align, everything feels perfect. And we're just like, now's the time, right? So it's always going to be a little bit of a risk and just jumping in and figuring it out. Another thing that's been coming up a lot and that this reminds me of is this idea of trusting in business and not trying to control the outcome. Most of us are conditioned to be in control and need to know what's happening next and how exactly everything's going to happen. And such a big part of this journey is releasing that need to control every single step and allowing it to unfold in the beautiful way that it will for everyone uniquely. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's such good advice. 
And your journey, because I know when we met, which was now a year, a little over a year ago, you were in this place where you were really wanting to leave your current corporate job. You were feeling burnt out. You really were doing it all. Like you were still working full time. You were busy in your business and you were booking lots of coaching clients and working on growing there and also wanting to make that transition. And I think that sometimes it's portrayed as to leave our corporate jobs is like this just snap overnight decision and then you wake up and you leave the next day right um but as most of us know that this is usually a kind of a period where it takes us a little bit time of time and maybe a couple steps in that journey so what has your journey been like um during that time until you have left your full-time corporate job yeah i mean I don't want to say sound cliche saying this, but I think, you know, I definitely in the past have some probably perfectionistic overachieving tendencies. And I think when I look back, I was really attached to results and, and what things potentially looked like. And I had been promoted recently and they were paying me quite a bit more money and I had four children. And I think I let myself feel really safe by the salary and safe by the title and it felt like this status to me. And I think I was just in, from an identity point of view, I think it was really scary for me to leave that. Like that was a very, um, let's just say lovely safety blanket that I was kind of petrified to leave. And so I think that's why I slowly started just learning more. I did your, you know, boot camp. I started just surrounding myself with entrepreneur women. I started having conversations of how people built their practice, what did it looked like, what were the hardest parts. And then I think once I just had my feet wet, I could see I, I can do this. And due to the fact I worked in a school, I had to wait to the end of the calendar year. But if I was not in that environment, I probably would have left six months earlier. And I really would have just said, I have enough knowledge. It's not going to be perfect, but I know I have enough skills to make this successful. So I think um, we all have our own security blankets of why we don't do things. And so I would just tell people, to look at that and are you staying because you want to stay or are you staying out of fear mm -hmm. and really just fear of the unknown and fear of p potential failure right exactly and i know that you led two of your first retreats you led your first retreat um this year and then you led a second retreat do you have any more retreats planned or how has that gone? I know you sold out both retreats, I think, right? Like filled both yeah. retreats, which was so incredibly exciting. And that's a big part of like your in-person energy is so magnetic. And I know that you're such an amazing networker and you do a lot in person and having a business like coaching, which is a largely kind of an online business. How has that been for you? And, and let's chat a little bit about retreats, anything you have coming up or um, yeah, just what's going on there. Yeah, it was interesting. As you were saying that, I was thinking of people listening and almost maybe having that reaction of, oh my gosh, I haven't seen anyone in person. And almost you start to feel like, oh gosh, am I not doing enough of that? And I think I would just stress that, um, I tried to do all the things right away. And I think that was probably one of my biggest regrets. Mm. I think that, you know, whether it was a website or different landing pages or marketing or social media or networking, that's a lot at once. And I think my advice would be to, I remember we talked about this, is focusing really on what's a real natural strength that doesn't yeah. take a lot of work. 
And I think networking and connecting has always been something that doesn't feel like work. So mm. instead of me trying to build all these things in the beginning, which was overwhelming, I wish I had relied more on my natural strength, strength of just connecting and had that lead a lot of my time as I was slowly starting to integrate a website and different Instagrams and all those things. But I think I put too much pressure in the beginning. And so with the networking piece, I think the retreats were really easy for me because mm -hmm. it literally was just me networking with people I knew, um, whether they were in New England, because I spent the summers there, or I even have friends still in California, and I currently live in Charlotte. It was just finding people that were like-minded and just literally saying, is this something you'd want to do? And I think I was actually kind of surprised of how quickly people said, sure. Um, I think people knew enough that my passion has always been in wellness and just support and resources and living your best life in a, in a cliche way. And so I think I found people that maybe were potentially wanting something a little bit bigger or wanting something else that was out there. And I think I just couldn't believe how pleasantly surprised people took the risk and showed up. Right. And I, and something that you said that really stuck out there too, is that alignment piece of finding your unique, not, not flair, but your unique method of doing things. Some people are really going to thrive with building a lot of the online structures. Some people are really going to thrive with getting people in their community in person. And there's not ever a right and a wrong way to do it there's so many avenues like i say a thousand so many times is there's a million ways to make a million dollars and it's about finding what works best for you and then really honing in on that so i think that's just such a great reflection exactly what you said is like through that process you really found that in person is so natural for you and it's easy mm -hmm. and it's such a amazing way for you to be able to grow and scale any part of your business because you know that that doesn't feel like work and you're really magnetic in person. What was your main takeaway or how did this kind of all fit into your journey during that six months that we had together? Or what was your like main takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I think one, because I'm a connector and because I'm a people person, I think it helped not having the focus be on me all the time. I, as much as I, you know, don't mind talking about my own journey at times, I didn't really know the answer. Like I, I would, mm. I would show up and maybe not really know what was happening next or not have it all figured out. And I think that can be overwhelming when you're having to be on the spot. And so for me, it was helpful to hear other people's journeys, whether they were in the beginning or the end. I think it was helpful for me to hear like-minded people who were overwhelmed, like really high achieving women who were mm. overwhelmed to take the plunge. It made me feel like I was not alone. And I think it also helped me just hear everybody's different trajectory and gave me permission to, to have my own. It doesn't mm. have to look A to B to C. And I think that allowed me to just give myself grace of maybe taking a road in a different direction than maybe other people were in our field. Mm. So I think it just really lessened the pressure, increased my creativity and probably increased the support I had. Yeah, absolutely. That community piece is such, such a big part of the equation. And do you have, what would you say to the woman who is considering joining the wealthy and well woman mastermind? I would say that one, I think you'll be inspired. I think two, you will feel connected and heard in the sense that 
even if you don't know anything of what's next, that's okay. I think it's a place to start generating ideas, generating what your true passion and purpose is. And then I would say, you know, just show up as vulnerable as you can. I think I did the coaching program before your, the, you know, the mastermind. And I think I held back a lot. I think I was afraid to admit that I didn't really have it all figured out. And I think when I showed up at yours and I was more honest about my fears, I was able to maximize what I was able to get out of the group. And so I would just say, you know, take kind of that perfectionistic hat off. I think the more real you are, the more upfront and the more vulnerable with most things, you're probably going to get more out of it and you're going to develop connections that really can help. So you use the people that you're in it with. Um, one of the girls who was in the mastermind who I met Kat with is someone I grew up with. And, and now we have a whole different dynamic of checking in on business first, just checking in saying hello. And so mm. really just broadening your network of support and utilizing all the things if you're going to pursue the direction of that. That is such a good point. I love that you brought that up because vulnerability is such a key piece when you're going into containers like this, like a mastermind where you're really in it to be real, like showing up and, and acting like everything's perfect and you have everything figured out, then that's not going to give the opportunity for the support. And I, I know that you did that and I really saw that come through. And I just wanna reflect that back to anyone listening yes could not agree more that that vulnerability piece when you show up and you're when you're able to really connect with people on a deeper level that are like-minded you're going to get so much more out of it i also would say just one thing now that i'm thinking about it i mean i met you know kat a while ago and whether it has been coaching or connecting on retreats i think you're really broadening your network in terms of people that you can just pick their brain or ask what they're doing mm -hmm. um you know, I think I have a few resources Kat has shared with me just on website design and just knowing people that you can contact that are not in your town has been mm. really helpful. Because I think if, if someone else in the coaching world says it's a great contact, I'm going to just go with it rather yeah. than spending that time researching. I'd rather just know that that person had a great experience. So right. I also think that experience allows you to have different resources to get your mm. business faster and really allowing you to spend time on the things you want to spend the time on rather than researching people on the internet. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Collapses so much time having those resources yes. and having a group of women that can be like, oh, I use this person. Try that. Yeah. Um, thank you, Megan, so much. And last question before we move to close is what does it mean to you and what does it look like in your life to be a wealthy and well woman? in full honesty, as we're talking about vulnerability, um, I think the well part always came natural to me. I'm in wellness. I was an athlete, you know, I've always been in therapy and I think the wealthy part, I had a really hard time accepting that that is that what I wanted and accepting that that was me. And I think I was trying to just, um, almost make excuses of, of why I would want that and why I wanted to make more money. And I think pulling the band-aid of leaving my job really gave me permission to just own that. And I think I've surrounded myself by people who have that mindset. And it's made me feel just so much more just kind of strong in my skin in the sense mm -hmm. of that it's always been there. And I think I let the fear of just accepting it hold me back from that ownership. 
Mm, I love that. So where can our listeners find you? Where can they learn more? Do you have any upcoming retreats or programs or anything that you want to share here? Yes. So I have a website, meganwhalencoaching.com. My Instagram's on there. Um, I actually think we might be doing a retreat abroad um, in the fall. So really excited about kind of taking it outside the United States and really broadening the resources. And usually the retreats we're doing are a combination of wellness, rest, restoring, and then about two to three coaching sessions throughout the two to three day periods. And they're usually around eight to 12 women who are at various stages of their life, who really are just looking for what's next and finding that network support and just a more deeper dive into what's holding them back. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on today. And it was so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here for sure. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the wealthy and well woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there. And I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.